When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. I had to fail, had to fall just for what I did well. And there's some stories I can tell you. This is the final word. Ashes Daily, fifth test, day five, for the very last time in this incredibly lengthy summer. Eight weeks, eight test matches, several nervous breakdowns. One Jeff Lemon, one Adam Collins, one Westfield London and one Westfield Stratford City. Indeed. That's two Westfields total. Uh, one more extra, one less ordinary. Five test matches in this particular men's Ashes series. Good God, it is over. Adam, do the last day in 30 seconds. All right, Australia 135 with that loss when they started losing Warner. Five runs after the resumption. A beauty, an absolute beauty from Wikes. One of four gets Kawaja as well. League before for 72. There's the rain delay. There's the controversy before lunch. Was Smith out? Was he not? Probably not. Certainly not. What am I saying? Then when they return after missing the middle session, they come back. Australia require 146. They come 49 runs within the target, but they lose seven wickets. And Chris Wikes with four wickets. Player of the match. Moen Alley three in his final test match. And Broad goes bang, bang at the end. England by 49 runs. Oh, the patented bang bang broad did it uh england went bang 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 the four wickets for 11 runs across a slide that's what decided the match sure couple fell early but australia got back into it and labashane didn't make many but then it was travis head and steve smith and they got together and they put on a big partnership but it's when travis head gets out and then smith follows straight afterwards and then marsh follows straight afterwards and then stark follows straight afterwards and then cummins uh, and it goes moeen wokes moeen wokes moeen oh the other way around or no, it, it no, was, it was the, Moeen was the, first. Yeah, was the spinner first yep. and last out of that five. It's that five for thirty that decides it. I mean, they need 120 before Travis Head gets out with seven wickets in hand. Mm. And at that point, you're thinking, well, sure, 384 is a ridiculous chase, but they should get it from here. But there was always that possibility when you've got a chase that big, like we saw with Australia at Lords. Even when Ben Stokes goes nuts and makes 155. If you've got a big enough margin to play with, all you need is at some point, at some point in that chase, you need the squeeze where suddenly a few fall. And there was always that feeling that England could maybe do it. Even though the sun came out. I know Australian supporters have been complaining about not batting in the sun the whole time. It was lovely bright sunshine when Australia shat the bed and lost the test match. (laughs) Fairly well summed up. There was always going to be a twist. You know, that 95-run stand between Smith and Head looked good at times, but skittish at others. And when they got back from the rain delay... Wokes started going past the edge with that regularity that he had done at the start of the day. Um, 
the ball, that change in the 37th over, that felt significant. Everybody's talking about it, including Chris Wokes. You know, sure. There's no shying away from the fact that the ball did change the energy of the match this morning because suddenly it was moving prodigiously. And yep. that happens. I wanted to state very clear, clearly from the get-go that at Edgbaston in 2019, this happened to England. And they were rightly fuming too in the first innings there when they were enjoying yep. a really good second day. It was Australia who got the benefit of a different ball, rolled them early, won the test match. You know, these things can happen. It, it's frustrating that there's no... Sorry, frustrating is the wrong word. It's quirky that the process comes down to like gut feel mm -hmm. and just kind of looking at the ball. Oh, that, that looks about right. When clearly, you know, what it says on the side of the ball, 37 overs, not all 37 over old balls are created equal. Um, some yes. have been... Uh, clouted and some have been not. Some have been bowled on pitches that are relatively green and some of them have been bowled on barren pitches where it's taking chunks mm -hmm. out of it. Um, and, some of them have been bowled by Sean Tate, for instance, and some have been bowled by uh, uh, Jesse Ryder. Some have been bowled by, you know, Richard Hadley, who hit the seam every single ball for his high, entire test career, you know, and didn't rough up the ball, therefore. So there's that going on. Sure. But, you know, just the... the the brilliant off-field stuff from England to bring back Mo and Ali. It was a gut call from Stokes. You know, the Ashes question mark, LOL. We've done it many times on the show and it's been remarked upon by everybody, but he plays a huge role on his final day as a test cricketer with a groin injury. He on couldn't a day run. when we didn't think he would bowl. He couldn't yeah. run. In that first session when he was hobbling around the field, like, how's he going to get through the crease? Well, whatever they jabbed him with worked. As for Chris Wokes, wasn't picked for the Ireland test match. Felt, <clears throat> felt like he was so far down the pecking order that he may never be called upon in the Ashes series. Australia went to town on him the last couple of times he's been to Australia, certainly in, in, in 20, um, 21, 22. He was, I wouldn't say liability, but he never had any purchase with it. The Duke's ball in England where he takes his wickets at 22 with a ball that's moving with his tail up, having gotten rid of Warner and Kawaja, the overnight men, to, to get going at the start of today. He was the perfect guy to throw the ball to. The temptation would have been Broad Anderson to start with. They're two old-timers, but they went the other way. They went to the first change in Wakes. They didn't go to Wood either. Yeah, now, yeah. He, 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 he didn't play a huge role. He gets the wicket of Labuschagne with, with a length ball that wasn't necessarily the kind of ball he was trying to bowl. He was getting the ball to swing, actually. Uh, nice piece of bowling, yeah. Was getting it to pitch up, but he bowls length, and, and Labuschagne feels for it a little bit and, and edges one through low. It's the lost wicket and all this, Labuschagne for 13. They needed one of the players to go the whole way through. And, yeah, Smith gets 50, but after the as no one else was able to really go with him, with the exception of Travis Head, who's the first in the sequence, caught from a ball that rags from Moeen. Um, you know, maybe a shot he didn't need to be playing necessarily from that line, but I kind of get it. That's Travis Head's game. You can't, as mm. we've said, over there during the World Test Championship final, you can't carve Travis Head up for playing the way that he does when he gets dismissed that way sure. and celebrate him wildly when it works, right? Well, That's just that, who he is. Also that what he did was come in at a time when things were a little bit precarious at three for 169, yep. maybe. And yep. he makes 43 in pretty quick time and he helps settle Steve Smith into Smith's innings and because they're scoring at a good rate that's why they only need 120 when he gets out now. Well he's 22 from 21 at one stage. I think he should be allowed to get out with 120 to get and yeah. expect that the rest of the team will do it and that's not what happens. So you know England are able to tie it up. I think we'll, we'll, let's we'll loop back for a second because I don't want it to all be about the change the ball thing. It's no, more like not that's at just all. something no. to, to, to get out of the way up front. Sure. Like you say it happens all the time. Yep. You change the ball, the new ones behave differently. Um, yes, England try to get them to change the ball all the time. Australia do it quite a lot as well. That one was out of shape. It does come down to the umpires and how they manage to pick a, a shiny new one out of the box. You know, not new, new, but maybe eight overs old. If, if you have any questions about whether or not it was a sufficiently used ball, they didn't take 
the actual new ball at 80 overs. They were still bowling with the oh, yeah. old replacement ball at 105 overs old. It was old. dream come true stuff for yeah. Broad, having one side so shiny it was glistening in the sun. Mm -hmm. And one side, they, they managed the ball really yeah. well. Stokes was just going to work on it on his short sleeve jumper all day long. Anderson as well in the long sleeve jumper. For whatever reason, they like yes. their jumpers for rubbing rather than their trousers these but, days. But had it been the original <laughs> ball, there's no way they're using it after 105 overs. Well, uh, Bruno made this point on Twitter. They were trying to get the first one to reverse. So that's one other point in all of this. They were trying to let it get roughed up in order to get it going a little bit later on. So, yeah, it, it's not sort of as clear-cut as it was an old ball than a new ball. England have made their minds up to let one ball deteriorate. Yep. Um, so, again, this is a little bit luck of the draw stuff with sure. what you get pulled out. But I also think, and Ricky Ponting's made this point on telly, uh, I believe, that where's the rigour in the process? I think the gut feel element to it is, is mm -hmm. one thing that might require a little bit more scrutiny from ICC Towers and, and from those who make decisions on behalf of the match yep. officials. Like, is there, is there a way that this process can be run so it's not a case of fielding teams constantly yep. trying to get the ball changed when it's not moving? in the hope that something sure. like today plays out. And uh, a suggestion was made today, which I quite liked, which is you should have a limited number of requests to change the ball, like a DRS thing. You can challenge for a new ball uh, you know, twice in innings or whatever it Yeah, is. and look, there, there's the other side of it too that I've, I've always compared it to a suspension of standing orders in the parliament. Like You need to build up momentum by haranguing the speaker time and time again. He finally grants you that suspension and question time gets called off. Same deal here. You've got to go to the umpire time and time again. They go, for fuck's sake, all right, we'll change the yeah. fucking ball. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I know it goes through the rings, but it's, it's a vibe thing too. Goes through the ringers. Imagine Stuart Broad in parliament. He would be at them constantly, just, just whoever's at the disc. <laughs> Matchbox, just just needling, that's needling a, from the That's a nice row. thought. Him being in, yeah. on the opposition front It'll bench. It'll probably happen. He'll be in the House of Lords within five quite, years. Quite, yeah, um, yeah, he's, yeah. He's of the right family background <laughs> or whatever they call it over here. Euphemism time. So the point is this. You get a nice new ball or newish ball and it's doing something. You still have to be able to do something with it. Remember Hashim Amler at Port Elizabeth all those years ago saying, well, it's all very well to get the ball to reverse, but if you bowl me half volleys, I'll still hit you for four. Yeah. Chris Wokes bowls an unbelievable starting spell. He comes out with that new ball. It's cloudy. Australia are restarting. They've done so well the day before. 135 knocked off. They've made it into what should be at least an approachable last day chase. You need 250 yep. on the last day. It'll be tough, but you might get it. And he, the one to Warner that swings in, hits the seam, decks away at the last minute. Warner trying to rehearse the shot to say, well, I should have been playing down this line instead of this line. How could you know that you had to be playing down the other line? You couldn't, it would have been pure guesswork. He goes down the wrong line, he's caught for 60. He doesn't get that farewell 100 um, that he was dreaming of in England. He goes, leaves England without ever having made one. 83 was his highest score at Lords in 2015. Um, but. He made 60 and he put Australia in a position to win. A few things about the Warner dismissal. You described the ball well, it's an unplayable. Watching Warner repeat the shot a couple of times before walking off, that was just a very sad sporting moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, knowing that you can love him or hate him. And I don't care whether you love him or hate him for what happened in South Africa. It, it, it's in the distant past now in, in terms of what we're seeing today in front of us. But, you know, seeing a guy who's given it his all to get to where he got into in that innings, to cop a ball like that, it's just straight up sad. And it's to the enormous credit of Chris Wokes. Again, we, we come back to this, the ball he bowled to Smith later in the day as mm -hmm. well. You know, Wokes was all over them. 
and it reminded me of Chris Wyke's circa 2016, that uh-huh. the summer of Wyke's when every spell he bowled, something happened. He out-bowled Anderson and, and brawled throughout um, those six test matches in, in that summer, um, bowling spells just like that when he seemed like the most obvious natural successor to James Anderson. That, that probably won't happen now. He's 34 himself. He said in the, in the post-game wrap-up when he was awarded the, the Compton Miller that he, he may not play overseas anymore. But, gee, you'd pick him here at home. And while his body's still good for it, while he's still mm-hmm. able to do that, he should keep going and going and going. And the one to Kawaja, that's just classic Wokes. The left-hander facing the right armour over the wicket, swinging it back in, gets it to bend, pitch in line, go on and hit in front yeah. of Leek Stump. Kawaja's become a very compulsive LBW reviewer. Every LBW against him is not out, so um, that was three reds all the way, but he was hoping, I guess, it might be pitching outside Leek. That's what I thought. It was I thought pitching well within it, the line. Yeah, when I saw it, I'm like, that might, might, might be pitching outside yeah. Leek. I think I was on commentary at the time, but yeah, you, you're right, that because it was straightening and the way that it hit him on the pad, it felt like he, he was gone and it's the opener's prerogative to review every league before, isn't it? I don't yep. think we see many openers who cop one and don't send it upstairs. Well, one for Labashane, one for Smith, and, and now one for Kawaja. <laughs> is how the, the pecking order goes. Um, he ends up with, what, 40th on the all-time list for balls faced in a series, Kawaja. Not quite able to see it all the way through. Finished up making 496 runs at yep. 49.6, facing 1,263 balls. And then Labuschagne, who actually batted well compared to the first innings, was quite positive. The cover drive, the flick through mid-wicket, looked like he was on for a good one. He gets that ball from Mark Wood that's just quick enough. And, and Mark Wood hadn't really looked threatening to that point. He'd bowled, what, three, four overs by then, and he'd, he'd bowled a few short ones. Labuschagne was going on, but he'd bowled some length outside off that was being left alone. And he just bowls length, but it comes back in slightly, and Labuschagne's just feeling for it, edges it through. Um, Zach Crawley today, three slip catches, three yeah. very good ones. He dropped one very late when it was the, the, the ninth wicket. Could have won the test match with an absolute blinder yeah. diving across route. I mean, it, it, Jeremy Coney makes a good point, a famous second slipper himself. You probably should get two hands to that, but had he plucked it out with one to win the to win the test, it would have been, you know, one of those iconic Ashes moments. On all the highlight reels. Yeah. And so then, yeah, three down, and then Smith and Head start doing their thing, and they're clouding it around, and, and, and Head's sort of going through cover, and um, and Smith started to play some good shots. There's one, this that one cover drive he plays when the ball's really, he gets a wide half volley, and he absolutely nails it. And he was like, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, I can play cricket. Let's go, let's do this. It took him a while, didn't it? After yeah. the rain delay, I'm like, wow, he, he looks, a, I wouldn't say walking wicket, but he kept playing and missing. It was a long rain delay, which we didn't even mention. Yeah, you know, there was a couple the, of hours off the field. And the, yeah, we might come back to the overrate calculation after in the Hall of Fame, but the way in which Smith tried to play it, a booming lofted drive by the angle of his bat that was a conventional let the ball go on the fourth stump line and an outswinger at that from Wokes who was bowling um, consistent outswingers to him then. Yep. Then there was the run out that nearly was where he took off and shouldn't have. Yep. It took him a while to get there, but we know Steve Smith does struggle traditionally the deeper into a test match you go. He's got a, a pretty poor, middling to yep. poor um, a record batting in the fourth innings of test matches where he's never made a century. Well, Had t- a chance today one thing. and yeah, he, gets a good one. He, he made 54 today. He's made two 55s and a 97 in the fourth innings. They're okay. the only higher scores than he'd made than the 54 today. And, and we, we, we've missed out on the, the catch from Johnny Bairstow yes. off Mitchell Marsh. I mean, we've heaped criticism on Johnny for his keeping, partly due to his own words. We don't dislike Johnny Bairstow. Well, I don't. I don't know about you. I can speak I, for me. No. I like Johnny an awful lot. Sure, I um, have no animus towards anybody. Sure. Just, well, you know what I mean, though. Like, I, I'm very, I'm particularly fond of the way he goes about his cricket. Um, I don't think he should have kept for a heartbeat in his series. I doubt he'll ever keep for England again. It was a, it was a solution for this series in these circumstances, right? Mm-hmm. In India, it'll be folks certainly, and by the time we get to the next summer, there'll be a number of wicketkeepers putting pressure to come through on about seven or eight. However, 
Um, if this is his last test as keeper for England before yep. returning to bat five or six or whatever it is, to take that catch off that deflection from Mitch Marsh at that moment, a guy who's in great nick sure. and can turn a test match around in a heartbeat just at the, the way that he plays the game, the fearless way that he's been striking the ball, that proved absolutely crucial and that's when Australia looked in disarray. Well, that's that's inside edge, inside of the glove, um, onto the thigh pad. It's turning in from Moeen and it hits the thigh and bounces out towards the offside. So it's going at sort of 45 degrees from the body and Bairstow just just totally reflex, has time to throw a hand out while he's falling over. This time it wasn't to do with bad positioning, it was just that was the time that he had to reflex. try to get a glove to the yep. ball and somehow clung onto it as he went to the ground and gee, how important that was at the time because you know Mitchell Marsh the, the the power that he's got the ability that he he would have to even if he rattles off a quick 40 at that point you know puts Australia probably back into ascendancy in the game and he doesn't get the opportunity to do it he's out for six and, and it soon opens up an end so well we haven't even done the, the non-catch well, well yeah I was going to come to that it sort of opens up an end and eventually they're bowling to the bowlers right Stark nicks off again a little bit like Travis said that's the way he plays and it doesn't look good, but it is what it is to an extent with Stark. Second Cummins, ball, big drive, yeah, to sleep. That, that's right. I mean, you know, you could see what he was trying to do, right? Put some pressure back on, but picks the wrong ball to drive at. Again, edging away and all the rest of it. But it then reminds the, me of uh, Jim Owen's description of Australian rules football with the, the goal and the point. It's like, you know, the only sport where they, they're like, well, you missed, but we could see what you were trying to do <laughs> and your heart was in the right place. <laughs> haven't heard a Jim Owen reference in a while. More of them on the podcast, I say. Um, maybe we should get him on the show, Jimmy Owen. Um, it was the Cummins dismissal that felt for me, like the one, you know, they're just building a little bit of a partnership. You wouldn't have made many Cummins. You made nine from 14 balls, but batting with Alex Carey, my, my thought... I mean, they needed 110 when he came in. It was a yeah. long way. No, from it was home. a long way from the finishing line, but we discussed it last night. Muscle memory of being involved in a close chase. I bet you he was down in the indoor nets batting during the rain delay as he did at Edgbaston yep. before he came out and made an unbeaten 44 there. And he played a couple of nice hard shots to mid-off. He was middling it. Then the inside edge onto the, th actually yeah. bottom of the bat, onto the thigh pad, balloons up round the corner. Ben Stokes catches it and doesn't throw it away. He sprints with the ball in his hand all the way around because I suppose to make a point after the catch that wasn't yeah. on the stroke of lunch where he, it was a controversy and events have overtaken this but it was a controversy sure. through the break because well, it's yeah. Smith and who knows he might go on to be the match winner and the, what it boils down to is, is that um, Stokes did exactly what Herschel Gibbs did all those years ago and, and that well, kind of happens Aside from the fact it was slightly less deliberate but yeah, he, sure, he, yeah. I don't think it was really controversial because most most people from either side of the fence could see why that wasn't out but yeah if you if you if you haven't seen it it's a it's a glove from smith who props forward and the ball pops up off the pad stokes it at leg slip goes up and takes it above his head and then as his arm swings around behind his body it just just clips his right thigh and it knocks the ball free from his hand so it looked initially like he'd sort of just tossed the ball away but he hadn't finished landing and he was still sort of overbalancing backwards so the umpires look at that and weirdly, Stokes kind of knew that he'd blown it. And then Bairstow went to him and said, review it, send it upstairs, send it upstairs, because the umpires had given it not out. And I can only assume that Bairstow thought that the umpires were saying Smith hadn't gloved it. Yes. They look at the replay. You can clearly see the, the, the pads on the fingers moving. You can clearly see the glove, but then you see the replay of, of Stokes not holding onto the catch for long enough. The umpires have no hesitation ruling that that's not out. I, I, I get Stokes' perspective on it maybe shouldn't have been used as a review. I've never really considered this before, but the checking for the catch being legal... Mm. Yeah, I, I haven't got a strong view on this, but I understand why Stokes was frustrated it's about losing like a review. why did the umpires give it not out? Did they give it not out because they thought the catch wasn't I, legal? I think that was it. I mean, they were reviewing on the basis of them having 
not thought it yeah. touched the glove. So, so I think you know if you've say, if you for instance taken a low, you're claiming a low catch, and the umpire's had a good view of it and says no, nah, not out. I'm not sending it upstairs. I'm ruling it not out. Then you'd have to review. Like, yeah, the team would have to review to overturn that. You're right. It, it, it is grey area, but yeah, that, that was the one bit of all of that. People thought that Stokes was cracking the shits. I saw a lot of stuff on my social media replies about you know how Stokes tried to cheat and all. I'm, no, 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 no. It's just like. He went yeah. upstairs, you know, because it's if the umpire deems that he's controlled it, well, happy days. Sure. And sometimes they break your way, right? It's well, not. Also claiming, it's, it's a subjective thing to a certain extent, sure. as all line ball calls are. And people people make this distinction, which I don't think actually exists, between in inverted commas claiming a catch versus making an appeal. Oh, if you claim a catch that you didn't take, you're cheating. Well, if you claim a catch that you're not sure whether they're going to rule it a catch or not, that's an appeal. Yeah. You're not cheating yeah. if you ask for an LBW, no. which is not out because you're asking for the umpire to make a ruling. So I thought that was perfectly reasonable to, if you weren't sure. It seemed like he was confused about what had gone on. Okay, fine, check it. I'm glad events overtook that because that had the, had the potential but to imagine, really boil so over. Imagine Smith peels off and you know, gets to 80 or 90 from there and wins the test match. It'd be, uh, be the, quite the thing. Todd Murphy looked a likely type again. Hot what toddy. an impressive test match. Six wickets with the ball, 36 briskly in the first innings to get Australia a first innings lead. 18 from 39 balls here to, for a time when they came together, Put on eight wickets down. Well, when they were eight wickets down, 90 runs to get. It was 90 runs at Melbourne in 1982 and don't think I wasn't straight into that scorecard. It was 107 at Isbiston in 2005 if you're wondering. Australia of course with Border and Thompson lose by three runs famously but um, it did have that energy. It felt like Murphy was scoring the singles he needed to score yep. at different points through the partnership. Carey was just keeping the board ticking over at regular enough intervals as well, absorbing most of the deliveries. He was trusting Murphy well, earlier and earlier in the over. I enough of them. I thought, I thought Carey was getting off strike too early in the over, and he gave Murphy too much work to do with Stuart Broad. I thought okay. that was a flaw in their partnership. Yeah, m- maybe so. And eventually so, Broad does get Murphy. But they were quite deep into it, I guess. He yeah. faced 39 balls. I see your point, but Murphy, I guess what I'm getting to is Murphy looked quite accomplished. Sure. He looks like he actually is technically quite a good cricketer when it comes to holding the bat, and that will increase his reputation because these days, as we know, unfair as it is, spinners need to be able to bat. Yep. Um, I don't know why fast bowlers aren't held to the same standard, but it seems like in global cricket, if you're a spinner, there's an expectation you can bat as well. I think you'll find if you go through that partnership, which I haven't done the numbers, but I think you'll find Broad bowled a lot more deliveries at Murphy than right. he did at Kerry, and I thought that Kerry stuffed that up. And then Broad, I mean, it's Hall of Fame worthy, but we, we won't put it there necessarily, changes the bales. And what do you know? The magic of that bloke sometimes in Ashes cricket. Next, the arsiest bastard. If you if you have like an arsy bastard column, S Broad, that's where it is. The next ball after doing that, gorgeous delivery to find Murphy's edge. Bearstow takes the catch. They're all off yep. celebrating in front of the Peter May stand. Um, Bearstow gives it these ones, gives it the you know the fist pumps, but doesn't move. He's on his haunches, on his knees for the duration of the celebration. Probably so grateful that he pouched it, knowing that he dropped easier chances through the series. Yep. There's a similar take to get rid of Carey um, as the last wicket to fall. Just when that partnership, it wasn't gathering any steam, but they might have batted for four or five overs. And it was so fitting that it was broad. You know, we 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 celebrated it on commentary, and we can again hear that. It's just right that it was him moving the ball, two left-handers, his last ball in Test cricket with the bat goes for six, and his last delivery uh, claims his 604th and final Test wicket. Wow. I wonder if anyone else has got that, because we were talking about the last ball for six club, which is pretty small. Oh, yeah, someone told me at the pub last night that that has happened before. Um, I wish I remembered. No, certainly the six. Yeah, Uh, but is there anyone who's also (laughs) got a wicket with their last ball? Improbable. There'd be quite a few getting a wicket with their last ball. Dennis Lilly. Sure, there are lots getting a wicket with the last ball, but the six and the wicket, I mean, maybe a club 
number one. Who knows? I want to know if the swapping over things becomes a habit for him from now on. Like, say he's at home and he's tackling a difficult recipe from, you know, I don't know, the New York Times cooking page or whatever. Does he swap the salt and pepper canisters over <laughs> just, just to bring himself good luck? Does that become a thing? You know, a couple of I'm sure it's going to come bowl. up on commentary for the next 30 or 40 years. Swap the It'll be part of his after-dinner speaking routine forever as well. He's added a couple of extra anecdotes uh, for that when he goes on the speaking could, circuit could as players like him. You use it as a sort of, you know, one of those sayings when you're psyching yourself up. All right, time to go. Swap the bales. Let's do it. Right, Jeff, for the final time in this series, let's go to the final word, Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame, where we do the final word, things that we liked and didn't like that day, uh, brought to you by Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City. My Lord, have we not told you about these places, these large shopping and other lifestyle complexes in London, one in the east, one in the west. Well, if you don't know about them by now, you have not been listening. More iconic east in the west than Berlin when the wall was up. Um, try something new this summer. Now the summer is complete because, of course, the, the cricket stops now for a month. Um, there's not a test match until the 28th of November. Maybe it's the 23rd of November. In the world. Wow. That's it for what a long time. Um, free games, exercise classes, hobby sessions, arts and crafts for people of all ages in this month of August when there's very little cricket on. Um, well, there's, there's a few things going on, but nothing sure. that we necessarily cover. Um, there's sip and paint sessions, cheese and kombucha tastings. I had kombucha once. Um, journaling, which is good for you. Once Flower arranging. Uh, flower arranging workshops. It really sounds like, you know, basket weaving. We used to, you know, they used to give... Um, Underwater very, basket they used weaving. I um, used to give grief in Senate estimates to public servants about their basket weaving um, cl classes and all that kind of thing. Disco yoga disco and yoga. so much more. Maybe we will do the disco yoga. Out of all of that, I'm most interested in a hot vinyasa class involving disco. God knows I need to get back into yoga sooner rather than later or I might explode. Uh, it's all on the Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City. More extra, less ordinary. You haven't said it in a while. Dingers! Crack out the glow sticks and get into the disco yoga. Now, halls of fame. Um, I mean, the general match of, of umpires, Wilson and Dharmasena. Look, we try to support umpires on this show. We, we know it's a difficult job. We try not to get stuck into them. But the fact that after many overturned incorrect decisions, which can happen, I understand that, and after somehow not looking at the balls that they picked out of the box by picking one that looked nothing like the previous one, even though they had both of them there. So making a bad decision is one thing, you know, it's rushed, it's quick. Holding two objects and saying, are these comparable? That's different. Then they're like, okay, time to calculate the number of overs left after the rain delay. 52 overs left in the day. 37 overs need to be bowled before we enter the last hour. We're starting at 4.20 p.m. Well, hang on, we're gonna be here till nine o'clock. And then we find out that they've miscalculated and added five overs on too long because they forgot got to take off the overs for the tea break which they'd already had so it comes back to 47 overs and even that even that was even never going to happen I, I, even that I, I'm asking okay I'll put it out there if you're an umpire can you tell me how this works 100 minutes between the resumption and when the final hour was starting which is enough time for 25 overs on conventional estimates 25 overs they lost 2 from the first session 27 I'll give them that 27 plus 15 equals 42 where the fuck does 47 come from 52 was just cobsmacking would have been here all fucking night and, um, then, and then after all of this they go onto the field having said this having sent this around all of us are breaking our heads over it for literally I think half an hour and then at the end of an over umpire Wilson wanders up to Ben's Stokes and says, starts having a chat. We're like, what's going on? Is it? Is You'll it have light? to change your decision, spinners, Joel. <laughs> spinners? Are they saying he has to bring the spinners on? The light wasn't bad. It was better than it had been for half the test match. A bit cloudy. Like, what's going on? Ah, oh, Joel said, oh, sorry, we stuffed up the uh, the calculations. It's only it's only forty seven overs. Oh, Imagine Joel. Imagine that. The climb down. 
having to go and tell the fielding captain. <laughs> I wonder if the um, I wonder if the fourth umpire radioed through to him. You're going to have to. I'm, af- I'm afraid you're going to have to change your decision, Joel. Oh, well. um, it's <laughs> just sad that Martin Saggers wasn't fourth umpire today. He was a Hall of Famer for me at Old Trafford, just wandering around stabbing his umbrella in the ground mm. for three days. Saggers ashes, I called it then. Yes, it was David Milnes this week. If you're wondering for your scorecards, uh, mine is simply this. This was sent through by let's just call him a listener. Um, play resumed at 420, and the partnership between Head and Smith at the time was 69. Nice. 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 Light nice. it up on 69. Double, triple nice. I mean, that is a, a dangerous place to do it, i got to say. You, you need to be very aware of where everything is and that everybody is, 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 is on board with that decision. A very final word note to leave it on. Um, this is the last Daily Daily. We're going to do an Ashes wrap-up also for Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City. We'll share more love about them then, but thank you if, uh, to them uh, for the end of this particular part of our series. Uh, we look forward to oh, working with them in the future. One more Hall of Fame. Now, this, this, this slipped my mind. Now, a section of our listenership was playing a game called Combat Listening. Oh, yeah. And in Combat Listening, you had to listen to each episode before a new episode came out. Yes. If, if two episodes were in your feed, you were out. Uh, and, it, and it whittled down from, I don't know, several dozen people down to about nine true stayers who were really getting through the last part. And then a further rule was introduced that you had to listen to The Daily Show before the next day's play began, mm-hmm. right? So not, you couldn't wait until the end of the day. You had to get in early. Now, Stuart Broad retired while we were doing a show. We didn't know he'd retired. Oh, yeah. So we recorded another Cat show. Cat amongst the pigeons. We recorded another show the next morning. It was released at 10.18 a.m., 42 minutes before the start of play. It was 21 minutes long. Right. The umpire, John O'Halen, ruled that that counts as a daily show. It says final word daily in it. Oh, yeah. Thus, you need to have listened to it before the start of play. So five of the remaining nine were knocked out by the Stuart Broad show oh. on the second last day. Bless you all for playing. Uh, your commitment to the cause has been unbelievable and uh, for the most part took it with very good grace. Uh, for, for those of you who aren't on Patreon and enjoying the Discord community, they do yep. fun things like that. They also do fun things like bring 20 people to the cricket together. Yep. Pub nights, live shows, yep. all of that. Uh, and we talk a lot with them and we adore them for so, the support of our show. If you found us during um, the Ashes, and this is kind of a, a thing you've just kind of tapped into for this particular series, we do this shit all the time. Mm. We make daily shows, we make weekly shows, we do interview shows and believe you me we have one of our biggest interviews ever coming up in a couple of days from now we recorded it before the last test match not a cricketer but someone ensconced within the game and someone i would say with a greater twitter following than anyone we've had on the show maybe less than more than harsher join join the dots maybe maybe <laughs> maybe more than coley who knows more than coley now, who knows? but yeah so so the last point being that yes broad took two and he didn't take five in his last test match but in that burst on the final word uh, nerd pledge combat listening he took five to end the ashes in a spectacular style patreon.com forward slash the final word stick with us throughout everything else that we do there'll be an ashes wrap up tomorrow a weekly show the day after that the interview the day after that story time after that for we cannot stop and we won't stop on the final word thank you so much for the kind comments through the series always appreciated we love doing this we love our audience um, that's it Westfield London Westfield Stratford City more extra less ordinary England victorious by 49 runs they square the series and more on the series as a whole tomorrow good night see ya sorry if I ran out to empty this so you know what I meant I had to go about it